Welcome to the Swim Upstream podcast, where we talk about intentional living against cultural norms. If you're ready to break out of survival mode and cultivate a more intentional life, then you're in the right place. Find your courage to live differently and swim upstream. Let's get started. Hey y'all, welcome back. This is episode three, how to live intentionally through COVID-19. We're going to start out like we do every week by talking about what I'm learning. This week I'm going back to the sourdough starter for two reasons. Number one, Kate on Venison for Dinner on Instagram has issued a sourdough starter challenge for those of us who have always said that we wanted to start sourdough and haven't really had the courage to start. She's walking us through step-by-step how to do it, and she's saving all of the steps to her stories on Instagram. So um, if you'd like to learn how to do it along with me, go follow Kate from Venison for Dinner on Instagram and check out her story highlights that are saved to her account, and you can do this right along with me. The second reason I'm still stuck on sourdough starter is because Gracie's chemistry course has her learning about the properties of yeast and wild yeast and cultures and things like that this week. She is doing a chemistry curriculum through Grace Hollow. Um, It's a website for homeschool curriculum that is based on books that you read and activities that you do based around the subject rather than just sitting and reading a textbook and doing equations or math problems or busy work. So I will link both venison for dinner on instagram and gracie's chemistry course in the show notes if you'd like to check out either one of those so this week i want to talk about how to live intentionally through covid19 and as we're all staying at home trying to flatten the curve what does it look like to live intentionally when everything is shut down and everything is off kilter and Your schedule is different and your priorities are different and everything is different. So there are two questions that we can ask to help us be intentional during this time. First of all, how do you want to feel when this is all over? Let's imagine that The governor of your state has just declared that everything is open and you can go back to the way things were. What do you want your reaction to be? I'm not asking you to predict what it will be now. I'm asking you, what do you wish it could be? Are you hoping that your reaction is, oh, finally, I can escape this house and these people and go out and see the world and socialize? Or... Maybe it's relief that everything is finally over. Your life can go back to normal. Your anxiety can dial it back a couple notches and you can breathe again. Um, maybe your anxiety is cranked up because 
you're worried about reentering society. You're worried about, is it really safe yet? Are we really prepared to open everything back up? Or maybe you see it as an exciting opportunity for a fresh start. How do you want to feel when all of this is over? So this is one question to ask yourself. The second question that we want to ask ourselves is how do you want to look back on this time of isolation a year from now, two years from now, 10 years from now? How do you want your kids to remember this time when they grow up and they're telling their kids? How do you want to describe it to your future grandkids? Are you going to look back and see a miserable time of restrictions, of being cooped up, or feeling like you're deprived, and you're stuck with your family, and it's stressful, and everybody's issues were on edge. Everybody was on edge. Everybody's yelling. Everybody's irritable. Nobody's happy, and nobody's really cherishing this time is it going to be a time that you want to look back on and cringe maybe you want to look back on this time as a turning point and that may be a turning point for good or bad maybe it's a turning point because being home and having Um, less access to food in the grocery store made you rethink growing a garden or having chickens. Maybe it made you more aware of all the different things that cause germs and issues out in the world. And you decided to change the way you handle illnesses in your house. Maybe the breath of air And the break that you got from all the hustle bustle running around helped you see how great that was for your family. And maybe you decide not to add back in some of the things that you were doing before. Or maybe it's a turning point for bad. Maybe all these things all together were what made you fall apart. Maybe all these things together were what led to someone you love being sick, um, maybe losing them. But we need to think back on, we want to look forward and think about when we look back on this time, how are we going to talk about it a year, two years, ten years from now? Is it going to be a time that's anxiety-ridden and fearful? Um, When you look back on this time, are you going to remember... Hiding in your room, the different things that you did to try to cope, the different ways that you couldn't connect to other people because you were so fearful yourself. Are you going to remember being stressed out about going to the grocery store or about having enough food or about paying bills when you've been laid off from your job? Or maybe you will look back on this time and you will see it as a refreshing pause from daily life. A time when 
Everybody was around the table for dinner every night. A time when you really got to know your kids because you were with them all the time. Time where you spent more time with your spouse than you have since you were dating. So, how do you want to feel when all this is over? And how do you want to look back on this time of isolation a year, two years, ten years down the road? So thinking through those two questions help us figure out how to live through this shutdown. So let's go back to the tools of change we talked about in episode two. Let's ask what, why, and when. What do we want to change about what's going on in our lives now? What do we have control over that we can change? Why do we want to change it? When we change it, what do we want it to look like? How do we want it to be different than where we are now? And asking our two questions that we started the episode with help us to answer these what, why, and when questions in order to bring about some change from where we are to where we want to be in living intentionally during COVID-19. So after we ask our what, why, and when, remember what do we do next? We research. We can go online and figure out how to do whatever it is that we're trying to change. We can look for resources that are unbiased or from experienced people. Not high ideals, but truthful information and experience that helps us make the change that we want to do. And then remember, we want to take a small actionable step. We're not looking to overhaul our life during this shutdown. We're not looking to change everything about us so that no one will recognize us when this is over. We're not trying to start a business or make a side hustle or revamp everything in our life. This is just about being a little more present, being a little more intentional, stopping and thinking about where we are, and then figuring out where we want to go how we can get there, and the first step to take to get to that spot. And most importantly, we need to remember that we're not going to compare where we are and what we want or need um, to anybody else where they are or what they want or need. And we're not going to try to meet the expectations of what other people think that we should want or need at this time. And that includes your social media feed. There's so many things flowing on social media right now. And they typically right now seem to be falling in one of two camps. It's either now's your big chance. Let's rock this side hustle. Now's the time to chase your dream. You've you've always said if I had more time, now you have it. Let's run. Let's go for it. And they're telling you how you can be productive and use this time to the best of your ability and just be super productive and, you know, bang out all your goals, declutter your house, do all these things. And and those things that they're inspiring you to do are wonderful, 
but it's not an all or nothing thing. Again, you need to know why you're running after that. You need to know how you're going to know when you get there. You're going to need to know all the education that you need to be able to make those steps. And you need to figure out what the first step is. It's not an all or nothing game. And speaking of all or nothing, the other camp that social media is falling into is just raise the white flag and just give up on any semblance of order or productivity altogether. This is the Netflix group. This is the the group that says, you know, I've been homeschooling my kids for two days and tomorrow everybody graduates. I'm done. I quit. This is hard. This is difficult. I don't want to entertain anybody. I don't want to educate anybody. I am tired of making everybody dinner. Let's just all lay around in our pajamas and watch TV all day. And again, there's nothing wrong with responding that way on occasion. But we don't want to swing so hard away from the chase your dreams and be super productive that we go all the way to the other extreme. And we lay on the couch and watch Netflix for days at a time. Okay, so let's talk through some of the things that you might want to be intentional about. Let's give some examples of things that might need to be a little more intentional and how you can go about doing those in a good, healthy way and how you can go through the tools of change that we've been talking about to help you bring about that change. Okay, so maybe you want to be intentional about managing anxiety. Okay, so first you're going to ask yourself the two questions. You're going to ask yourself, how do you want to feel when all this is over? I'm sure that you don't want to have anxiety about reentering society. And I'm sure that you don't want to just be like, oh, thank goodness this is over and now I can finally breathe again. You shouldn't have to wait until it's over to be able to breathe again. So, you need to be proactive in managing your anxiety. And how do you do that? Research visualization techniques. Um, Research journaling or other ways to manage anxiety. A friend of mine, Kat, at the Junkyard Journal um, was sharing a visualization technique a couple weeks ago on her Instagram stories where she said that she visualizes a tree with leaves and she takes one leaf on that tree and she puts an anxiety, an anxious thought, a worry, a thing that's bothering her, and she visualizes putting it on that leaf and then watching that leaf fall from the ground. Um, And that helps her to let go of some of the things that she's struggling with in the midst of this. Journaling is also a great way to get your thoughts out of your head and onto paper. Um... Brain dumps are incredibly helpful for me when I'm feeling overwhelmed and anxious. Um, Maybe you do meditation 
or yoga. Maybe you have a playlist that, that you play. So research different ways that you can manage anxiety in a stressful situation. Um, then pick one small way. Maybe every day you visualize that tree and putting your anxieties on those leaves and watching them fall to the ground. Maybe you begin to journal your thoughts every night before you go to bed. Pick something small and just begin. And then know that it's okay to struggle. You don't need to compare yourself to people who think, this is the best thing ever. I can do all these projects and get all these things done. It's okay if you struggle. Because I guarantee you those people, even on certain days, are also struggling. No one has it all together, especially right now. So don't worry about comparing yourselves to other people. And don't worry about what other people expect you to be or how they expect you to react. You are perfectly valid in the feelings that you have in the midst of this. Okay, let's think through a different example. Maybe you want to be intentional about enjoying your kids. So you answer the two questions. How do you want to feel when all this is over? And how do you want to be able to talk about this a year or two years from now? What do you want your kids to remember about this time? So then research fun things to do. I will say again, like I said last week, this is not necessarily the time for Pinterest. Pinterest will make you feel anxious and make you feel like you're not measuring up and will cause you to start comparing what other people are doing and things like that. So be real careful with that. But ask your friends, how are you entertaining your kids? Think of some fun things to do. Maybe you go onto YouTube every afternoon and do art with Mo Willems. Maybe you let Olaf from Frozen 2 read your kids a bedtime story on Twitter. Maybe you watch a movie series with your teenagers. Right now my girls and I are making our way through the Pirates of the Caribbean series. Maybe you prioritize time outside time for play maybe you read outside maybe you have picnics outside maybe you resurrect family game night and find board games that your kids like or you do read alouds research some ways that you can have more fun and engage more with your kids and then pick one one small thing to try. All of these things that I recommended to you just now, the one thing that I'm doing currently is a movie series. Like I said, we're watching through the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. And right now that's enough. 
It's one small thing. I'm not overwhelmed by it. It's a small, actionable, doable thing. And I'm not worried about what other moms are doing. So, don't compare your reality to another mom's Instagram. Because remember, that's her highlight reel. That's not everything going on in her life. You're seeing the best of her in that Facebook feed or that Instagram grid. And don't feel pressured to be fun all the time. You are not a camp counselor. You're not a recreational director. You're a mom or a dad. So it's okay if you're not... Mr. Fun, Miss Fun all the time. It's okay that your kids wrestle with being bored. Being bored is the mother of invention. That's when things really happen with their imagination. So feel free to be more intentional about enjoying your kids. But don't feel like you have to be their cruise ship director and plan all their fun. Maybe you want to finally, whatever it is. Maybe you've always wanted to learn how to crochet. Maybe you've always wondered how to bake sourdough bread. Maybe you've always wanted to learn to paint or to grow a garden or to write a book or to figure out how to do stop motion videos. Maybe you've always wanted to read the entire Twilight series. I don't know. What is it that you've always wanted to do that you say, I I really wish that I had the time to do what? Follow the tools of change. Ask why you want to do it. What it is you're trying to accomplish. How you'll know when you finish. Do a little bit of research. Watch YouTube videos. Ask a friend that's got experience. And then take a small actionable step. Sign up for an online class. Read a book. Find some people on Instagram that do what you want to do. And ask them questions. Follow their feed. See what what you can learn from them. And then begin and expect to be a beginner. It's not going to be great right out of the gate. You are allowed to do poorly at the beginning. You are allowed to be a beginner. So now that we've talked about some different things that we can do practically to think through those two questions... Now, I want to just share a few general helps with you that will just help the flow of your day to maybe give you the, what you need to be able to answer these questions and take some actions on these things. So number one, I highly recommend daily routines. Notice I didn't say schedules. Schedules stress me out. I don't like being told that I have to be up at a certain time. I have to do this at a certain time. And maybe schedules are comforting to you. 
But for the most part, daily routines are just daily little rhythms that are the same consistent thing day after day. Kids do better with predictability. So the most of their day that you can keep the same. Maybe you just do the same things in the same order every morning after breakfast. Maybe you have the same routine after lunch for everybody to just kind of calm down and chill out for a little while. Um, Do as much as you can to keep familiar rhythms going. Because those familiar rhythms will help when the rest of the world feels out of control. And it also ensures that the minimums stay done in your house. Um, Just some examples in our house of routines. Every morning when I get up, I turn on the coffee pot. I unlock the back door. And then I walk out the front door. And I walk past my flower bed in the front My side bed on the side of the house where I'm growing radishes and kale and kohlrabi. And then I go down my right side of my garden and look at all my little seedlings that are out there growing. I go around to the back corner and check out my berry bushes. Come back around the other side of the garden and check the things on that side. And then I go across the the garden bed right under the deck, right at the end of the deck. And check out all my little teas and herbs that are growing there. And I come in the back door, and about that time, my coffee pot's done. I grab my coffee, I sit down with my Bible, I have my quiet time, and then I write a list for me and a list for each of my girls for the day. What our chores will be, what schoolwork we have to do, All the things that need to be done that day. Then I wake up my girls if they're not up by then. And we have breakfast and we get started. That routine every morning is really helpful to have a familiar way to start my day. It starts me with some quiet. It starts me with seeing progress in my garden gives me a little bit of space to myself before I'm with my girls for the day. It's just very comforting to have familiar rhythms. So think about what your daily routines could be. Think about a routine for the morning, a routine for the evening, and maybe an afternoon calm down time, quiet hour, something of that nature. Um, That also leads us to think about what are your minimum daily requirements? Now, I don't know about you, but for us, um, our minimum daily requirements have needed to be adjusted from our usual because of the season that we're in. My husband Michael's job has shifted his schedule and instead of working five to six days a week, Um, Monday through Saturday. Now he's working two days on, two days off, two days on, two days off. And they're 12-hour shifts. So he's home a lot more than he was before. 
And when he's home, he has work he wants to get done. And he typically needs my help or the girl's help. And so some of the things that we normally would do on a regular basis aren't as important as they would be otherwise. So we try to keep our minimum daily requirements simple and doable. What's the bare minimum that needs to be done to keep things from falling apart if you need a day to rest? What can you do to keep your house going but won't keep you from having fun when you're up for it? For example, here's my minimum daily requirements right now. My time in my Bible loading and unloading the dishwasher, taking my daily supplements and medicine, and spending some time outside. Vitamin D is really, really vital for me right now. Sunshine is doing a whole lot for me. To be able to be outside has really, really helped. So think about what your daily minimum requirements are. And think about what your daily routines look like. And where can you be intentional with those to build in some familiarity and some stability in a time where everything else feels a little bit chaotic. Another thing that is important is rest. Rest, rest, rest. First of all, consider your bedtimes and your wake times. Is it necessary for your kids to get up early? Um, I am blessed that my girls are older and they will sleep as long as I allow them. Some days I let them sleep quite late. Other days I get them up early because of the work we have to do. But I'm really trying as much as possible to give them the rest that they really need. So we're being a little less strict about wake-up times. Bedtimes, though, are different. By the end of the day, I'm exhausted, they're exhausted, and we all need a break from each other. So bedtimes, their bodies are in the bed at the same time every night, but they're not necessarily going to sleep right away. Um, So that's been really helpful to make sure that they're getting their rest. Those of you with littles, might want to consider an afternoon quiet hour. If your kids are too old to nap, maybe train them to have an hour of the day where everybody reads or where mom is able to sit and be quiet and they need to do something quiet too. This is something you can train your kids to do if you're really, really motivated. Um, And I really feel like that quiet and rest for everybody really adds a lot of benefit to the rest of your day. Also, we need to give ourselves to have permission to have days to just veg out. We do not need to be productive every single day. When we're at home, we see more of what needs to be done at home. And especially as moms, it's hard for us to shut it off and put our feet up and just rest. And especially right now, with the shutdown, more work and more stress means you need more rest than ever before. 
So be kind to yourself. Be kind to your kids. If you have a day where the kids are just super cranky and irritable and nobody's having a good day, take a beat. Sit down and start a movie series together. Take a day to just rest and chill out. Another thing that might help is to pick a project or a hobby. Like I said earlier, maybe this is the time you finally learn to crochet, or this is the time you paint, or maybe you have a hobby that you know how to do and you've never really had time to do much with it. Pull out that scrapbooking stuff in the top of your closet. Get the sewing machine down from the attic. Find something that fills you up that stays done when it's finished. Um, For me, that's gardening, my podcast, um, maybe reading a book series. I have a friend who's remodeling her kitchen. Um, Maybe you want to spring clean or declutter your house. Um, My daughter Gracie is doing a fitness challenge with some of her friends. So she has accountability and connection And she's doing something good for her body. Maybe you're baking. Um, Have your kids find a, a goal or a hobby that they can get involved in. Having a project keeps you busy, helps you be productive. Um, but you don't need to feel the pressure to always be busy and productive. Balance that with the rest. But sometimes having a goal or a project, or a hobby to get excited about, something fun to do that you look forward to, gets you off the couch and helps you be a little more intentional with the time that you have during the shutdown. Another thing that's really important during all this is maintaining friendships. I am trying to be as intentional as I can to Send Marco Polos to friends, send a text, shoot a picture. Um, I had a friend with a birthday today, and so I picked some of my flowers in my front yard and went and put them on her porch and waited on her to come out and sing happy birthday from the driveway. Cultivate those friendships because, again, if we go back to those questions at the beginning, how are you going to feel when this is over? If you're wrapped up in all the things that are going on with you and you get distracted and sucked into all of that, or if you're anxious and you're not doing well and you don't reach out, what's that friendship going to look like at the end of this? Cultivate those friendships so that you have that person, one, to help you get through this time, and two, this person that you can look forward to seeing again when this is over with, that you won't need to re-get to know and reacquaint yourself with. Um, You can just pick right back up where you left off in your last conversation or text. Um, Being able to maintain friendships is really good for your sanity too. And then last but not least, something that I think is a, a general help in times like these is a little practice called morning pages. 
I'm going to leave a link to um, an article about these in the show notes. But basically, morning pages is a journal brain dump. You get up and the first thing you do in the morning before you do anything else is you sit down and you get the script out of your head and onto the paper. All the things that are rolling around in your head. Particularly if you're anxious or worried or overwhelmed. If you have a lot to do. If you feel like that you have a loop of negative thinking in your head. Morning pages can be super, super helpful to help you get these things out of your head and onto the page. So sit down, start writing, and don't stop until your head's empty. That may be two pages. It may be five. It's not something that you necessarily need to do every day. Um, I did it every day for probably about a month and then after that I got to where I could recognize when I was feeling stressed and overwhelmed and I would sit down and do it on those days and it's been really really helpful for me as one of the ways that I cope with anxiety or anxious thoughts. So again I'll put a link to that in the show notes so give it a look and Maybe add that to your small actionable step this week. Okay, next week we're going to be talking about intentionality with self-care. Right now we're really focused on helping other people, getting everybody fed, making sure that bosses are happy, helping our husbands, making sure that kids are getting their school done. How do we take care of ourselves? Um, That's going to be really important um, because you've got to have the energy and the ability to care for others. And like they always say on an airplane, you have to put on your oxygen mask before you can help anyone else put on theirs. So join me next week when we will talk about intentional self-care. You've been listening to the Swim Upstream podcast, where each week we discuss intentional living against cultural norms. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review of iTunes. This helps me be seen and heard by more potential listeners. I'd also really appreciate it if you would share this episode with a friend who might enjoy it as much as you did. As always, we can continue our conversation on Instagram at swim.upstream or on Facebook at Jenny Veliki. You can find the links to both of those in the show notes. And remember, the life you live is built on the choices you make. So just keep swimming.